Uncle Fernando, who I've told you about, would have gone on and on about how good God is to him. Well, isn't it great? I wish Fernando could have been here, and Fernando is. The Whatever series, we kind of illustrated it in the, the film or the video this morning. Sometimes the whatever, you know, is uh, there's a whole bunch of good stuff in life and we just kind of go, whatever. Pastor Dale's been trying to bring us to a focus of disciples, those who are true followers of Jesus Christ, not just fans and in the crowd, disciples make choices, and one of the choices is to be thankful. A disciple is thankful. So I wanted to focus a little bit. It won't take me long to talk about some scriptures, and then I'm going to ask Fernando and Edie to help us understand a little bit of what we've read. So let's jump right into the scriptures. I'm going to look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, and also Colossians 3, verse 17. Short verses full of a lot of words that are really, really big. Let me read them for you and we'll see what it sounds like. Be joyful always. Okay, we're far enough. Always. Be joyful always. Wow, okay. Pray continually. Paul, oh, here's the one. Give thanks in all, all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Boy, do I get people show up in my office, want to know about God's will. Tell, help me with God's will. You know, what job should I take? Who should I marry? I, I don't know. But I can tell you one thing that is definitely, for sure, no questions asked, God's will. It is God's will that all of us in this room, who are believers in Jesus Christ especially, that all of us give thanks in all circumstances. Paul expands in Colossians. And whatever you do, now see there's whatever, but it's not in the whatever, this is the and whatever you do. Whether it's in word or deed, and that about cover it. Covers it, right? Whatever comes out of my mouth and what I do, that's pretty much whatever I do. From the moment I wake up and start talking and doing things to the moment I lay down and finally go to sleep, whatever I do, I should do them all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Give thanks in all circumstances if you want to be in God's will. No matter what you do throughout the day, whatever it is, word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks. You can be guaranteed you're in God's will. Now, that sounds good. I'd like to be right in the center of God's will. What makes this a challenge beside the word all? Well, hindrances for you and me, I just thought about it a little bit. Hindrances for you and me for being thankful and grateful, two words came to mind. Abundance and predictability. Abundance. 
Uh, I would imagine that everyone in the room on Thursday or any, any day of the week has, at least as much as you need, probably a whole lot more. Arthur had five turkeys. The man understands abundance. But I'll bet every one of us had a table that was full of wonderful vegetarian food. <laughs> and more, abundance, life overflowing, more than we ever needed. That hinders gratitude, that hinders thanksgiving, because when I have more than I need, it just never occurs to me sometimes to be thankful. Predictability is the other one. Right now, my wife, who came to first service, is shopping at Publix. Normally would have done it yesterday, but we were on the road back from Georgia, so it's today. Uh, Debbie did not question whether Publix was going to be open or have food on the shelves today. She didn't sit and wonder, wow, I, I hope when I get there this morning, there's actually something for us to eat. Predictability. She knows it's going to be there. It never crosses her mind that it won't. Why would she be thankful? See, those are the two big hindrances I kind of thought about this week to us having thankfulness and gratitude. So when God says, in all things give thanks, we kind of forget about it because I have a whole lot more than I need and it's really pretty predictable. So I've asked Fernando and Edie to come this morning and share because for the last 380 days, a bed in a hospital or a rehab center has been his home. For 380 days, there has been no abundance and absolutely no predictability. So what happens when you take away abundance and predictability. Can we still, in all things, give thanks? Let's find out. Fernando, how about sharing your story, sir? Pastor, remember me write it down so you could keep uh, me in time. Short, <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we start, I, um, I want us to, as a community, um, be thankful. We came because we wanted to be thankful. Um, first and foremost, of course, to God but also to all of you folks. But I think it's important that as a community, we're also thankful to the Lord for our leadership. Um, uh, not only Pastor Dale and Pastor Jim, Pastor William, but also the elders and the staff, because it's through their leadership that we have the community that we have. So uh, I'd like uh, God to um, be the one that receives the glory but we need to honor our pastors as well. All I remember is arriving at the emergency room and being taken to a small room where they put a breathing mask on me. My wife tells me that I was then taken into ICU and that it took five people to control me while they put the tubes down my nose and my throat because I fought them. So let me take you along a little bit into the journey. On November 2013, I was feeling a little bit under the weather, so I went to the doctor. 
And he told me, you have a little touch of pneumonia. Well, a week later, on November 16, 2013, I was being admitted at the hospital with the H1N1 virus and a double pneumonia. In addition to the respiratory failure, I was diagnosed with sepsis that was causing inflammation throughout my body, acute kidney damage caused by the breakdown of muscle fibers which were leaking into the bloodstream, elevated liver enzymes, high blood pressure, and an uncontrolled diabetes. The organs in my body started to shut down, and in order to save my life, I couldn't even breathe on my own. The doctors decided to induce me into a coma and put me on a ventilator. And so the battle began. There were 18 to 20 doctors assigned to my case, and they all agreed that my body had gone through some tremendous trauma. They told my family a number of times during my coma stage that I was going to die. One of the doctors took my son Chris aside the last time and told him that I needed either a miracle or needed to make arrangements in a funeral home. But God performed the miracle. Yes. When I woke up from the coma, I looked to the foot of my hospital bed and recognized my wife and my niece near her. When I tried to talk, I realized no words were coming out. I tried again and then became conscious of the tracheotomy that they had been performed on me. All the, communication were, all the communication was reduced to pen, paper, and a trembling hand. Um, my son opted to write the alphabet on a notepad, and I will point from letter to letter in order to make words and sentences. We even created our own language out of frustration and need. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very frustrating. Um, one of the first things I managed to ask for my son was, how long have I been in the hospital? And he answered me, about a month. He had been exactly 27 days in a coma. I said, what? <laughs> I miss I missed Thanksgiving's and my birthday. My son's Kenny's birthday is in about a couple of days. Um, but yeah, in my head, I scream out loud, in my head, out loud, Whoa, I better get well soon. But it was probably the medication that let me realize, not at the time, but later, that God is a healer. As I became more aware of my situation, I discovered that the rush to get the tubes down my throat, they broke most of my front teeth. I was tethered to a collection of medical equipment and monitors. There were two pig lines in my arms connected to a combined total of 14 different bags with medication and fluids. I was being fed through a feeding tube to my small intestine. And if all that was not enough, there was a deep bed sore the size of a hand on my lower back that went all the way to the bone. So much for getting well sooner. To me, there was never a question of why me. I understood the fact that bad things happen to good people. We have the samples of Job, Joseph, and even Jesus. 
and stayed according to his promises. The good work that the Lord begins, he would also carry it on to completion. God is in control of everything. From the womb of my mother, he knows me. And he is the rock of my salvation. All along, my family and I have been lived up in prayer. And we have lived up in prayer. Ray went to the Lord from West Palm, Fallerdale, Lancaster, New Jersey, New York City, Central and South America, and here in Orlando. What a great church family we have been blessed with. Okay, let's talk about recovering. I started to respond well to the treatment, and after the original two months at the ICU, I was moved to a specialty hospital where they will help wind me off the ventilator and the trach and also begin some physical therapy and wound care. I still suffer inside, you know, being able to breathe on my own, but eventually my time on the machine was reduced enough that I was taken off of it. The tracheotomy care continued, and there was hope of being able to swallow and speak again. My communication was still very exasperating. And as you can see, I needed to talk again. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I sit up, I will get dizzy, feel nauseous, and the room will spin around me. They had to teach me how to sit on my own again. The best sore on my bottom became a major concern. There was talk of graphs and all these challenges. One thing all the doctors agreed about, it was going to be a long, long process. Eventually, I was moved to the rehabilitation center where I live now. Meanwhile, life had been going on in the world outside of my medical issues. There were bills to be paid. My wife took a leave of absence from her job in order to take care of me, and later was not able to return to work. A few months into being sick, my job no longer could hold my position, and my boss walked into my hospital room and fired me. From that point on, there was no longer a steady income, and the medical insurance was canceled. It has been a tremendous year of trials, suffering, and loneliness, mental anguish, being sick and in pain, becoming disabled because of the illness, being denied social services numerous times, my sister-in-law unexpectedly dying, seeing my family struggle and feeling powerless to help. I was not fully available as a husband. I was an absent parent to my kids. The beginning of each month brought another round of rent, power, and utility bills, but no funds to pay them. The car broke down, the kitchen faucet sprung a leak, the AC died, both bathrooms needed repairs, the roof started leaking. Tired, so very tired. Today is day 380. 380 days, not a week, not a month, way over a year. Way too long, and it's still not over yet. 
Um, it will be at least another year before we could have some kind of normalcy to, to what life may have been like before. Um, however, God is good. God is love. And, and God is good all the time. Um, he's no loving and good just when life is abundant and predictable to me. When things are good for me, you know, he's good, he's good always. And, and his love endures forever. So we came to the conclusion that God is a positive God and there's nothing negative about God. Um, so I come to that truth every day and daily find something possible to hold on. I looked at my condition and gave thanks to the Lord for every day things that we normally take for granted. Breathing. Breathing is great. <laughs> <laughs> Vision. Touch. Hearing. Smell. Taste. Being able to use a bedpan. I give thanks for my family, my friends, the numerous strangers that prayed for me without knowing me or me knowing them. And God continue to do his thing and continue to be God, amazing God. We wanted to come today and give thanks, not only to God, the creator of the universe, but also to you as a community. All you have been tremendous source of support to my family and I. What a blessing it has been to be part of this community at Avalon Church. During this journey, we have received love immeasurably and continue to receive it. It has been through gift cards, many green and get well notes, letters and texts of support and encouragement, and because of extraordinary generosity of people in this very auditorium, and you know who you are, we have been able to meet our financial obligations. So thank you all. We have lived according to the scripture. Um, the scripture doesn't lie because the scripture is the word of God. Um, and he doesn't lie. Um, we found in Matthew chapter 4, and then chapter 5, and then chapter 6, and he says, come follow me. And then he says, you know, you're going to have hardship, but you're going to suffer. You're going to run out of friends. They're going to prosecute you sometimes. You're going to be poor, but you're going to be blessed because of that, because of his name. And then in chapter 6, says, you know, all your needs are going to be met. Go, go watch the birds, <laughs> you know? And, and that is so true and so living in our hearts and in our life. Um, we'll go back to Deuteronomy 36.1. Um, God is in control of everything. We have lived by the promise of um, the same Deuteronomy that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he's been there. He's been loyal. Okay. In Joshua, he, Joshua tells the, the people of Israel, you have to make a decision. But as for 
me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Okay? And that's, uh, that's an important decision to make. You know? Um, and finally, we have living on, on grace. Um, grace of God that has been extended to us on the serving. Um, and it has been extended to us um, through the community as well. Through everybody in the community. And that's what we wanted to say thank you again. We appreciate it. Good, good. Thank you, Fernando. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Hey, I got a few questions for you all. Gotcha. I need to take I need to take it away from Pastor Dale and say to God be the glory. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Good, good, good. Hey Fernando, uh, three three hundred and eighty days. Yes, sir. A great testimony. Thank you. But a hard year. Yeah, very hard. And yet every time, every time I come to visit you, I walk in, you call me over to the bed and you say, Pastor Jim, Pastor Jim. I need to tell you how blessed I am. <laughs> I am um, very blessed, Pastor Jim. How can you say you are blessed in light of the last year? Because, because we are. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a daily surrendering. It's a continuous surrendering. It's knowing that, that for 30 years, I, I was a business manager. I had... Staff under me, a lot of staff, over 100 employees sometimes. And we, we live well. We live in Avalon Park. Um, but then everything went away. And all we have is God. And, and I'm not the provider when I thought that I would have been. But God is. And, and he is so loyal and so constant and, and we have to to know and realize that that he's there with us. Um, that that God is a relationship God. That that he spoke the universe into creation. But when he created mankind he came really close face to face with us. And and he blew his spirit in our face. And, 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 and knowing that God is right there is what pulled us through. Great, great. Thank you. Edie, you shared with me uh, oh, probably a week or so ago um, that there were times when it got very, very hard, very arduous, uh, close to giving up, um, can't go a step further. But last week you shared with me this. You said, when we are about to give up and we cannot go any further, that is when we must rejoice. Help me understand that. Um, from day one, I surrendered everything to the Lord. 
and I knew that day that regardless of what the outcome would be, that Jesus was with me. And, um, and I was concerned and I was worried and I had anxiety and, and there were moments of despair and loneliness. But when I surrendered to him, I knew that he wasn't going to leave me and he would help me get through it. And I felt a peace about it. And I knew that Jesus walked behind us, behind me, in front of me, by my side. And, 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 and when I thought I would fall, he would catch me. So it's all, like Fernando said, it's all surrendering and trusting that, that he is with us. And when I thought we couldn't get through certain moments, it just having that faith and that belief, it just happened because that's God is sovereign and, and he knows what we need and it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. He's with us. Thank you. You, you use that same phrase, Fernando. You, you know, in first service you said, uh, yeah, you know, when, uh, when you're tired, uh, when you're, you're about, about to give, give up, up, when you can't go any further, yeah. you said, start looking because something really big is going to happen. Yeah. Let me understand that. Um, it's, it's lonely being in a bed and sometimes a week or two go by and the only person that visits you is your wife and it gets really hard in your head because you feel all alone and abandoned if you would um feel secluded. Um, but when, when you're about to give up, we need to, to look up to the Lord. When, you, when, when you're right up that edge, you need to understand that that's exactly where you're about to be blessed. And that's exactly when the Lord comes through, when you cannot give no more. Because when we do it on our own, there's no merit, you know? Um, yeah, you, you, you think you're tough, um, and you think you're bulletproof, but um, then you realize that the pain, that the suffering, that that desperation of, okay, I can't continue, is when the Lord comes and says, hey, what are you talking about? I'm with you. I'm with you. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I know the bed sore has been an ongoing, the majority of your 380 days has, has been because of the bed sore that thankfully has gone from a hand size down to About 50 a quarter. Okay. But that's a long time to wait for something to heal. And I'm sure there was anticipation of, okay, the doctor's going to come today and he's going to measure and it's going to be better and there's going to be progress. But it wasn't always that way. How did you handle the disappointing medical reports? Physically, you heal. And, and like Pastor Jim explained, my, my wound was that big. Okay? And now, although it's still pretty deep, it's the size of a quarter. Um, and sometimes very painful still because it's a deep wound. Um, that because the scar tissue was created 
the brain thinks that the scar tissue means that you're healed. So it takes even longer or stops healing. Um, it's very disappointing. It's frustrating. <laughs> but the same giving up everything to the Lord, that same surrendering is what you need to understand. Sometimes the Lord tells you, stop and don't do anything. It's his time. It's not ours. We, we, we live in a fast-paced society. We want everything quickly. Um, no. I don't know what the reason is that I'm still in the hospital. I don't know what the purpose that the Lord has for me in my life just yet. Okay? But I know he does. So, so the frustration of I cannot go home just yet is secondary to know in my heart that the Lord is with me. Good. You know? And, and I, I, I mentioned it in the first service. Pastor Dale has visited me a couple of times and a few times. And one of the times he came, um, I, I told him, you know, sometimes I feel like taking somebody and shaking them and telling them, don't you get it? The Lord is with you, you know, and, and he's part of your life, and, and you got to understand that and, and realize that that's, that's the case. Cool. Very good. Jonathan, how about that song slide? We sang this this morning. Uh, Edie, I, <coughs> I imagined you, you know, with Fernando there behind, uh, you know, behind the wall hearing that or singing that along. Our God is fighting for us always. Our God is fighting for us all. Our God is fighting for us always. We are not alone we are not alone. You spent a whole lot of your, the last 380 days uh, at home trying to get it all to work. You know, like Fernando said, life didn't stop just because, you know, Fernando wasn't doing well. Hard to believe it's not all about Fernando. Hmm. But you were in there doing it and God, you've given testimony and will that God over and over and over and over provided just enough, just in time. $700 might be due for the rent in two days. The day before, $700 shows up. Our God is fighting for us. We are not alone. We are not alone. Did you ever feel like God wasn't fighting for you? No, I, I knew. I knew that God was fighting for me and for us and for my family and my children. And I believed that with all my heart. I never doubted that for a second. Yes, there were moments that I... I was lonely, and there were moments of despair because we're human beings and we're made out of flesh and bones. But, but I trusted. I trusted in Jesus Christ, and I, and I continued to understand and, and try to make sense of everything. And I knew with every little miracle and every little blessing, regardless of how big or how small, I knew that I was in fighting for us, and, um, and I'm grateful for that, and I'm grateful to my family, and I'm grateful to my kids, because when, when I was alone and I needed someone to walk with, and I had my children, and, and, and I love Kenny praying for me all the time, yeah. and, yes. Yes. and Christopher walking with me day and night through everything I went through, 
and my beautiful daughter-in-law. No matter how I felt, what time it was, I could run to her and cry my eyes out, and she understood. God's with you. And um, fighting for you. And God was fighting for us all the time, and and I, we never gave up on Good. that, and and, and I, I never will. I was really glad you were able to get home for Thanksgiving because the blessing of your family that has faith has been a lot on this journey for you, hasn't it? Um, what's the difference between tolerating your circumstances? I mean, it's the other option is, would have been to kill yourself, you know, instead. What's the difference between tolerating your circumstances and being thankful in your circumstances? Huh. To me, the difference is that when, when God decided to create you as a human being, he already knows how many hairs you have, and he knows what you're going to do through your life. And when you have that relationship with the Lord that is so personal, that is living alongside with you and within you, that he provides not only the breath you take, but everything that happens in your life um, is where you draw from. It's, it's, it's that source of, of support, of a strength. Um, so yeah, um, you think that, that, that you might be alone because you don't see the people or you don't see the phone call or or, you know, how long is it since my wife um, having come yesterday at 8 o'clock when she <laughs> left and it's already 10 o'clock in the morning and haven't I'm called me yet, yet. <laughs> you know. Um, but, but no, I'm, I'm not alone and, and constant prayer. Um, in fact, tell me about your mother's prayer. Tell me about the, <laughs> tell me about the daily prayer. <laughs> um, Mom taught us how to pray. Um, since we were little. Um, and she said, you open up the day, you open up your eyes, and you said, thank you, Father God, for a new day. Thank you for your immense love. Thank you for everything that I have, and thank you for everything that I am. And it didn't matter whether it's this little bit that I have or this little bit that I am. I want to thank you for that. You know, um, again, the, the creator of the universe made these little dots on your tongue. Tiny little dots that provide flavor on foods. When I woke up from the coma, everything, whether it was chocolate pudding or chicken breast, tasted like a wet rag. And being able to recover and say, whoa, Mmm, this is chocolate. <laughs> what an amazing God. Yes. And it's those things that we have to recognize. What yes. an amazing God. Good, good. Edie, you used the phrase, I have experienced the hands and the feet of Jesus on this journey. What, what do you mean, hands and feet of Jesus? Um, 
I have experienced that in a very beautiful way. And, um, and I've had the opportunity to experience God's amazing grace, amazing love and mercy for us. And it's been through his disciples, through people like yourselves, who have been the hands and feet of Jesus in everything that you've done, whether, I mean, I can name so many people, but I'm scared because I don't want to forget anybody. Yeah. But um, it's amazing. Just with every single need I had, and I know that that's the Lord touching your, your life. And it's a blessing to us, and it's, it gives us great gratitude. And, and, and I can never, ever thank you guys enough for all you've done for us. But I know that those are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And, and for that, I'm very, very grateful. So the faucet works, and the air conditioning's cold again, and the roof doesn't leak. The oh. roof works. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. But, but it's exactly what, what, uh, what Edie says, you know, when, when I, where I mentioned that, that the faucet broke and the air conditioning, uh, you know, is not working, the Lord has sent someone to my home when I haven't been there. You know, I'm in bed in the rehab center, and when Edie told me, hey, I got a problem in the kitchen, you know, my, my first response was, hey, my job is to make my wife happy, you know? I wish I was there so I could fix the faucet. But the Lord touched somebody's heart and someone from this church when I fixed the faucet. Good, good. And you know? the roof. And the roof. Yeah. Temporarily. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Can I say something yes, you else, may. please? Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Um, I couldn't get her to talk for a service. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we are here sharing a very, very personal story with our church family, um, I want you to understand that it's not about Edie and Fernando right. or the kids or anything like that. It's about, it's about God. It's about Jesus. You know, um, he paid the ultimate price for us so that we may have life. And no matter what happens or where we go or what troubles we may find, we know that it's about him. And I can only pray and hope that this would be an encouragement to others in some way, um, but I want you to understand that I don't, it's not about us, right. it never has been, and it never will be, which leads it's me about into, Jesus. Which leads me into my last question. Recently you received a, uh, a significant, some would even say miraculous financial gift to sustain you in the months ahead. Uh, three days later you walked into church and put an offering envelope with a tithe in it in the offering plate. If I had been just enough just in time for an entire year and, a, and an incredible gift came my way, I don't know, that would have been my first reaction. Tell me, why did you tithe off of that? Simply because everything belongs to the Lord. Um, and it does just because we got a little bit more than what we normally we'll get every donation we receive we tithe from whether it's ten dollars a hundred dollars or more whatever it is so so we need to recognize and, and my wife is, is better at explaining this That's <laughs> because because we don't we don't do this the tithing is it's not about 
what we give is what the Lord provides for us, how blessed we are. And we have to share those blessings. <laughs> how blessed we are. Doesn't that... Fernando just can't stop saying that. Okay, let's wrap this up here real quick. Whatever a disciple is thankful. Let's take a look at Romans, the first chapter. Romans, in Paul, Paul describes wicked, godless people. Okay. None of us, of course. But watch as we read this and see if you don't recognize something very important. The wrath of God has been revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Here it comes. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. A significant indicator difference between darkness and light, wickedness and righteousness is, do people glorify God and give thanks to him? Okay, we're not those bad people there, but we might be like the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, where God says to them, as they're getting ready to enter into the promised land, promised to Abraham, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before, they're finally going to go across they're going to possess the land. They're going to, to clear out, you know, the, the hindrances. They are going to raise crops that are going to bear incredible fruit. They're going to build wonderful houses. There's going to be fences and dogs and cars and televisions, and it's going to be great. And God says, when you get to the promised land and you have abundance and predictability, please don't forget me. In all things give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus our Lord. It is the will of God for all of us, especially those of us who are believers, to give thanks. The difference between all of us in this room and a disciple is that a disciple actually does it. A disciple chooses to give thanks in all circumstances, in abundance and predictability, or when there is no abundance and there is no predictability. That's how you know they're a disciple. A disciple gives thanks. Fernando hates it when I say he's my hero. So, you know, I'll say it with my back. <laughs> But here's, a, here's what disciples do. Disciples stand on the barren land opposing the enemy, Satan, who endeavors to rob them of joy and thanksgiving and destroy their families and their faith. And a disciple stands up and says, Praise the Lord, I'm blessed. It's the greatest weaponry available. Amen. Folks, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for just a moment. Edie spoke about the greatest gift, her saying, please, folks, focus on Jesus. 
not Fernando, not Edie. Focus on Jesus. The greatest gift is the gift of salvation. The team's going to play here in a minute. They're just going to play quietly. That'll give us a chance to, one, if you don't understand the gift of Jesus, maybe you ought to come down and talk to me about that. That invitation's open. For the majority of us, it might just be, am I going to be a disciple of Jesus? Choosing to give thanks. Let's pray. Father, just a few moments, just to reflect. I want to be in your will. And you've told me at least one big element of what that is. And Lord, I want to be a disciple, a follower who says, if that's what it is to be in God's will, then that's what I'll do through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we need to talk to you for just a moment about that.